Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we're going to recap the weekend's games, and we're going to also talk about those Rookie of the Year candidates out of the SHL. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Scotty also hosts over at Locked On Tigers. Uh, happy Easter, happy Passover to those who celebrate. Scotty, how's your Easter, buddy? It was uh, it was pretty good, man. I'm very tired and very full. But I'm also was, very uh, tired. It was it's, it's yeah. We're recording this on Sunday night, obviously, and yes, I am I am unbelievably exhausted. Uh, heck heck of a weekend. For uh, for yours truly, but yes, it's good. It was, it was oh, you, good. Well, you had your birthday on Saturday too. Big birthday boy. I did. Turned what twenty five? Four. Twenty four. That's four. right. I keep forgetting how much younger you are than I am. Four. Let's make sure we're four. Yeah. So when do you consider yourself old? Now. <laughs> what, so am I old? Yes. Oh but, God. Yes. <laughs> Obviously. Well, I don't necessarily appreciate that, but I guess we'll move on. Uh, it's actually, like the, it's just the difference. And this is how like I'm I'm weird, and like the, how my brain works is like the difference between 23 and 24 is the difference from being able to say I'm in my early 20s versus my mid 20s, and that makes me feel old. So I'm 26. Am I in my mid 20s or my late 20s? You're still in your mid 20s. Next I, year, you're I'm in your in my late, late 20s. 20s. Okay, yeah. then I'll start having a. Uh, I did use the sentence with my sister today, Sam, we are both closer to our 30s than 20s at this point. And that like, I said it and then I thought about it like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, I did not like that. Yeah, man, like, closer to 30 than 20. Yeah, that's, yeah that was not a fun, I'm, that was I'm, not a fun uh, realization. I'm not there yet, but. but soon. Anyways, we're still very young, Scotty. And uh, we still have a lot of potential left, uh, <laughs> just like the Red Wings do. Probably next year. What a transition. Because they what did not show much of it this past weekend. They great. got outscored. So they played New York Rangers in New York on Saturday. They played the Panthers at home on Easter Sunday. Got outscored collectively in those two games 10-1. to 1. And uh, the New York Rangers game was particularly brutal. Um, well, the Panthers game was pretty brutal, too. They, they both, let's just face it. I'll, I'll just flat out state it, Scotty. There's no defense. There you go. There, there's the summarization. Wow. Hot take. Hot take. I mean, it's the same, guys. It's the same problems we have. And we have talked about it, and we have said, like, we don't want to beat the same dead horse with this team, talking about every single loss. But at the same time, we're not doing our jobs unless we mention the reason why they lost. And, I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into it, but primarily – is the team's inability to play defense. In that game against the Carolina Hurricanes, they won 3 to nothing. The only reason they won 3 to nothing is because they scored more goals than they should have according to expected goals because uh Antti Ranta did not have was not on his best game. And then Alexander Alkovic put up a 46 piece shutty as Scotty Bentley said when he called it. Big time baby. We talked about it that episode. They do not win that game without Alexander Alkovic. And we said that going no, into the, the weekend The defense was horrible. It was horrible. They left 46 shots against. And we talked about the only way you beat New York, and then we forgot to preview the Panthers because we were so riding that high from the Rangers game, 
or I'm not the Rangers game, the, the Hurricane, Hurricanes game. But we set up, we set it there. The only way you win these games from here on out, especially with how tough the schedule is, is phenomenal goaltending performances because we know the defense isn't going to be that good. Thomas Grice faced 37 shots. He made 33 saves. He led in four, which isn't ideal, but he played strong in that game. Nedeljkovic tonight, last night rather, uh, did not have his best performance in the world ever, but also he was hung out to drive so much. Like this is this is this team, and I recognize again that this is a rebuilding team. But when you're podcasters such as ourselves, it does get tiresome talking about the same problems night in, night out when the team is struggling, and the team has been struggling for two months. But again, we're not doing our job unless we talk about how bad the defense has been, and not like again, not just the defense, but the, you know, the defensive side of the puck as a whole, the Fords aren't helping players aren't denying zone entries. When they establish the offensive zone, the other team, rather the Red Wings, just they clutter up in the middle and the Rangers, the Panthers, the Hurricanes even are able to just skate circles around the outside of the zone until they're able to find that pass to cut to the inside. I mean, this is just the Red Wings defense that we have right now. And I don't expect it to change for the rest of the season. So again, I recognize it's a rebuilding year, Scotty, as I, I, I continue to monologue here. I just realized how long I've been talking and I'll let, I'll get to you in a second, Scotty. Um, but man, it's just, it, there's really, you have to talk about it, even though it gets tiresome to talk about because it is so prominent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, like, look, man, we, we've, we've reiterated a million times and that's your point of your whole of, of that whole thing right it was like we can sit here and pretend like we have new problems every episode we can be like oh well you know the defense was weak and like this and pretend like we didn't just say this for the last 40 games or we can just acknowledge like hey the defense is garbage it is horrid it's not we changing that is the the sta state of the defense and will be for the last two weeks of the season. Just and it has been for the last whatever 75, 80, 77, however many games we've played. It's been like that all year. It's not changing. And like like you said, we did talk about you know for keys of the game. What do we need to to be able to win from here on out? The the only thing that that is really going to truly determine us winning or losing for the last whatever we have six games left in the season is goaltending. If, if, and, and not even goaltending in the sense of like, wow, our goaltending situation has been garbage and we really need somebody to step up. No, it's just the only time we're going to win is if a goalie goes supernova and just puts together like a masterful one of the best performances in franchise history like Ned yes. the other night. Like that's what it's going to take at this point because this defense is is really laboring, really really laboring and it's and like you said it's not just the defensemen. It's the uh, all five guys on the ice at I mean, pretty much all times. And precisely to that point, even Larkin defensively has looked bad. I mean, you saw him get walked by Alexis Lafreniere in that game against the New York what Rangers. A nasty goal! That it was. was it was it was sick. But Holy no cow. one on this team has figured out how to play defense, and it's really unfair of us, Scotty, as Red Wings fans or even as the teammates of these goaltenders, to go out there and say, "Hey, 
we need you to put up one of the best performances in franchise history if we want to even have an opportunity to win this Hi. hockey game. And I, I understand it's a rebuilding team, but I genuinely thought that the Red Wings were past this point. I thought that they were past being this bad. And we had two-thirds of a season to back that up. We had until at least mid-February to back up the fact that they were past this point. And so when they started playing poor Scotty, I thought to myself, it's just a cold streak. They'll snap out of it. They'll get back to their, you know, I wouldn't say winning ways, but competitive ways. And they just haven't. And it's a sad reality to face, but here I am facing the cold reality. And I understand, again, this was another rebuilding season. But you can have a rebuilding season where the team takes a step forward in that rebuild. And I guess overall, I think it still is. But this last month and a half since mid-February has definitely been discouraging on where I thought this team was in its rebuild. It's really made me realize, for better or for worse, quite how far away this team still is from being a truly playoff competitive hockey team. Sure. I I still are. And and I've been very open about this the last, well, really since like the new calendar year uh, that, that I think this is a still a, a very successful season for the Detroit Red Wings. I, I, I still stand by that even with the last month. Um, I, I still think the production that you have got from individual players like Larkin and like all the rookies, um, I, I mean, even like Fabry pre-injury, uh, the, the trades man. you were able to to make at the deadline, like there were there there are still, I mean, Burt, there there are still a, a lot of successful storylines. There's still a lot of success within this season, and I, I don't think anyone expected to, you know, be in the playoffs or, or you know, really. I don't think if you asked anybody on opening night if this team was going to finish over 500, very many people would have even told you yes. So I, I think our expectations were already pretty low, and I think going from, you know, around that top five pick area that we've been at for the last several years. And going into a, you know, back part of a top 10 pick while getting huge, you know, we're going to have a unanimous Calder winner most likely. We're going to have a, a two other guys finish in the top five in Calder. One of them might even, we might even go one, two. Like, I, I still larkin over a point a game. Even with everything, I think most people can realize the, the defense was always going to be a little weak or shallow, I guess, at minimum. And you, you, this is still a big step in the right direction as a whole this season. Yeah, it, absolutely. It, it really is. It's really when you're living in the moment and you're not looking at the big picture, it's really hard to be positive on this team. And I think especially for the rookies, the length of the season is really getting to them. It's, it's a long season. Um, but you said something very important during, you know, your, your response there. And I want to talk about that, but first I got to talk to you guys today about athletic greens. Actually, first I got to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by bet online. Bet online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Um, and also this episode is brought to you by athletic screen, athletic greens. Uh, they, it's a product that guys, you're going to want to use literally every single day. So what I is do. this stuff you do? Tell them. Oh, I mean, I already knew that. I don't know why. It's fun to the question. <laughs> like we've talked about this. We've talked about this. Go yeah, off, Scotty. I love it. 
You know, I, I, I love it. It's, it's what, 75 vitamins and minerals that your body needs. It's like every single vitamin that your body needs on a daily basis, all in a, you just mix it up. It's eight to 12 ounces of water. You just mix it in with cold water every morning and you have it before you eat breakfast. And it, it's, it's amazing. I have already re-upped my, they gave all the hosts a, a free kind of box so that we knew what we were advertising. I've already re-upped my, uh, my, I, I went through my first month and, and I've re-upped my, my thing and, and I'm getting a, another shipment and so that I can keep doing it. Cause I, I stand by it at this point. I love it. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It's lifestyle-friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up with a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him $100 a day. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine on your own. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes. Scotty, what professional athletes recommend this? Yeah, Tarek Skubal has put it on his Instagram story a few times. I know that he's big into it, but yeah, there's, there's several that do. He just put himself together a good game the other night as well. Um, he did. Yeah, damn good game. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate nutritional insurance. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are talking about these uh pair of losses brutal brutal losses i mean especially i I keep saying especially both of them were brutal um saturday's game was just because the team couldn't stay out of the box and they couldn't produce any offense sunday's game was they they produced offense from the perspective they got plenty of shots they had over 30 shots in that game but again at the core of the issue is they just had no defense i mean the goals that the panthers had were just like highlight real goals i mean they had fourth liners just tearing them up I mean, even Moritz Sider got a little bit. I wouldn't say he got embarrassed. He tied the, he tied his man up nice. It was a nice drop pass, and then just made move on Nukovic. They just tore up the the Detroit Red Wings defense, and that's been the problem. I mean, one game was penalties. The other game was just the, the defense getting torn to shreds. Yeah, and, and the the offense doesn't – hockey is a, is a beautiful game because a lot of the defense – that a team provides starts on the offensive end, almost all of it, right? That's just naturally the the transition of hockey, offense to defense, defense to offense, et cetera. And so when you're consistently turning the puck over in your own zone and in the neutral zone all game long, like they, did on, like they did on Easter Sunday, not you, you don't have a good enough de- defense to be able to overcome constant turnovers and constant inability to clear the puck. And they were barely holding it together with bubble gum and glue sticks <laughs> in the first period. And then by the second, it, it all just came crashing down. You also really do not want to run into a team that's riding a nine game winning streak like the Red Wings did with the Panthers, but that's uh they're one of the best teams in the league for a reason. So yes. they, they, they are, they are sick. Um, one of the things that you, you brought up uh, during your response in the first segment that I want to touch on is, draft position 
Um, you were talking about that, and that is the silver lining to this weekend. I mean, we talked about it. We are still, we keep telling ourselves if they lose, it's whatever. But when they lose, and especially the way they have been losing, we still get frustrated because we don't mind because we understand that it's a re- another rebuild season. And we, so we don't mind that losing this late in the season when you're out of the playoff odds is only going to benefit you long term. But when they lose the way they do, it's still frustrating. But that silver lining is that with these two pairs of losses, the Buffalo Sabres have passed you in the standings. And so now the Red Wings sit eighth worst in the hockey league, which the blessing in disguise there is that they get an extra half percent on the, uh, in the lottery. They move up from 5.4% to 5.8%. And that's 25th in the league that they're rated. If they stay 25th or worse, they cannot fall out of the top 10 in the draft. So they are guaranteed a top 10 draft pick if they stay here or get worse. Um, just looking right now at the standings, the possibility of them getting the seventh is pretty slim because it's a six point def- uh, difference between Ottawa and Detroit for seventh and eighth uh, in the standings. I so I don't see that happening, but if you can just stay at eighth, you're at least guaranteed a, a top 10 pick in this draft. And that I won't say will make the struggles worth it for like us in the short term, but long-term may pay off to a talented player in the years to come. Sure. I mean, I mean, look, I, I've been very open about the fact that I don't think that this team should be actively trying to lose for draft position anymore, but I mean, I, I I'm not going to actively root against it either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm, I, I don't think, I don't think we should be going into every game like, hey, we really need to lose this now because at this point it's it's not going to benefit, you know, you, like you went up half a percent. Like, okay, cool. Um, the guaranteed top 10 thing is nice. It's a silver lining for sure. It, that is what it is. Like it's it's not something that, that I think I don't want to speak for you, but I am not actively rooting for anymore. I'm, I'm not – I'm done with the years of we need to lose as much as possible so that we can get good again. I think that we're on the upswing, but uh, I'm not going to be mad at a higher higher draft position either if it ends up if that is what ends up happening. So I'm like, cool, sure. Yeah, and there are so many. I mean, this team's got plenty of holes, but mainly on defense. I know there's a lot of defensive prospects already on the way, and that prospects take a couple of years to develop. So I'm not really sure off the top of my head where Steve Eisman would go in it with another top ten pick. But honestly, outside of goaltending, I mean. Any pick at this point is going to be good. I mean, if they go to first overall, like, I mean, obviously Shane writes the answer, but, you know, even though you need defense, you just take that guy. So I'm I'm okay with them moving up in the draft lottery, obviously because that helps long-term and rebuilding is so essential. And I, I have this gut feeling that Steve Eiserman doesn't even want to be – hold on, I want to make sure I phrase this properly. I have this gut feeling that Steve Eiserman – probably is okay with next year as well being a rebuild year, which is why he extended Blashill two years. And I say that because next year's draft is also stacked. I mean, this year you had Shane Wright, but next year you have Connor Bedard, who is arguably even better. Bedard's so crazy, I, I have been hearing whisperings that I kind of pushed out of the back of my, yeah, I pushed it out of my mind because I didn't want the team to be bad that long, but I understand the logic to intentionally making it so your team's in the top 10 for at least the next two years this year being the year one of that next two years just to get a chance as Shane Ryder, Connor Bedard, because those two guys are going to take your team to a next 
the next level, get you that elite level talent, at least in theory. You never know how these players are going to get when they get to the NHL. And this team sorely lacks an elite talent. Dylan Larkin is as close as we have at the moment on, on the forward side of the puck. And he's damn good. And he's had a really successful season. He'll probably finish at or just below a point per game, which is fantastic. But there's still a difference between what Larkin is capable of doing and what, you know, guys like Austin Matthews, Sidney Crosby, and uh, Connor McDavid can do. Granted, Larkin plays a more complete game overall than Austin Matthews does because Matthews just scores goals and Larkin can play both sides. But, I mean, if you score enough goals, eventually that doesn't really matter that much. I mean, the guy's got set a franchise record or was it a league record for American school scoring? It's incredible, but we don't got to get down that route. What I'm trying to, my point is, is this team still lacks that elite level talent, I feel. Dylan Larkin has the potential to be that elite level talent, but this team as a whole right now does not quite have it. Correct. I, I don't think you play a season to get 1-1 in a league with a lottery, though. Uh Teams Especially do. the fact Red Wings did two years ago. If I would argue, no, correct. Cor- I I agree with that. But what are you going to bench Mo and Larkin and Raymond all year? Like you're mm-hmm. not going to be that. Two years from now, uh, Bedard's draft year, you are not going to be bad enough. Even if you didn't don't add to the defense at all over the next season and a half, then you go into 2023, 2024 with still a a very shallow and weak defense you're you're that's going to be year three of Raymond and uh and and cider it's going to be late 20s Ned it's going to be late 20s Larkin you're going to have Fabrice would still be under contract Bertuzzi like you're not going to be what you're going to tank another season for a three and a half percent chance at Bedard I think a lot of NHL clubs look at it as worth it. I'm not. I'm going to be completely honest. I think with the guy when when they see talent like that, people do it. And I'm not. And I also, agree with we got to keep in mind I too that I think as a team, you're in a position or you're on a trajectory right now to be actually legitimately in the running so, for that. But here's the thing: is like the team themselves isn't going to be the one tanking. Blashill's not going to actively. No, Blashill sure. advocated to get Cider on the team last year. Because Sider was ready and Eiserman. Yeah, no, this, these the, are reports, by the way. These are just reports. It's never got confirmed. But Eiserman is the one who said no. It's it's up to Eiserman to decide that. And obviously, the plans can change on the fly. So if he feels like this team took enough of a step forward, he could buy in this offseason uh, becoming a competitive hockey team. But just based on this last two months, since mid-February, I, I have a feeling that Eiserman's long-term plan, from what reports have been giving been given out, and from what I've been hearing, not that I'm like some inside source, but I, I'm starting to understand the things I've been hearing. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting a little bit too pessimistic because overall the season was a success and it was a step forward. I'm just worried it wasn't as big of a step forward as I thought it was. Right. Well, I guess my, my point is like how – like for Bedard's draft here, like how – Top so 10. We're not going to take another step forward? I don't know, man. This this is where this is where I I the fan in me like sixteen make the playoffs and we're right like in the low twenties like it it would take a a pretty remarkable plateau of talent than a team that is widely rookies for for that to 
plateau to a point where you're still like even remotely in the mix for a top three pick in that draft. So, okay. I got to I got to stop. I will answer that question. But first, I got to talk to people today about betonline.net. Betonline is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and start of the Major League Baseball season. Betonline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Betonline, where the game starts. Also got to talk to you guys today about Built Bar. Uh, Guys, Puffs, try them if you haven't already. What are you doing? I've been talking to you about it this for like, what, two months now? You got to try the Puffs. They're the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat. And they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and that includes those Puffs. Low calorie, high protein, replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to build.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high carb, or high fiber, low carb. Misread that line. Don't want to do that. Uh, they have tons of flavors to choose from, including mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think of a flavor that might be good, they'll make it. It'll be delicious, and it will be good for you. So go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. I think I ended that wrong, but here we are. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, I just read two ad reads. We were talking about tanking. What was your specific question? I wanted to answer it, but now I can't remember. No, so just the last thing I said was that you would – I don't think that this front office is planning on trying to get a good pick for the Bedard draft. I I just don't – I I don't see that as, as a reality. Um. And my, my main point was that we like half the league makes the postseason. And oh, now I remember what I was going to say. And half the league makes the postseason, and you're sitting at, at what, like 22 right now after the, the dreadful last two months that we have had? You're sitting at 22. You, you would, to, to plan on that, you would expect no improvement from any of your three top five Calder finishing rookies and Larkin to plateau and Burt to plateau and Fabry to plateau. And you are bringing in no help on the defensive side of the puck in each of the next two off seasons. I I just, I, it it would take a remarkable, like I've said the word a billion times, but it would take a remarkable plateau of, of talent and of production by a lot of players to seriously like actually be in the running for him. So I want to preface what I'm about to say with this. And we've said it a million times and we're both in agreement with this. We are both over tanking. We, this team has been so bad for so long that tanking is just, we, we hate it, but it is to some degree a necessary evil. And you made the point that yes, 16 teams out of the 32 in the league make the playoffs. But it's not set up and structured to be that way. In reality, only three teams in your division make the playoffs. And if you're lucky, 
you're one of the two wild card teams in your conference that are good enough. If you look at our, the problem is, is not the 16 teams, the 16 available spots, but the three t- spots in your division. The Red Wings division is just insanely competitive. You look at the point difference from fourth, third overall or fourth place to fifth place. It's asinine. I mean, you got the Florida Panthers with 114 points. You got the Toronto Maple Leafs with 106. You got the Tampa Bay Lightning with 100. You have Boston Bruins with 97, who just clinched a wild card spot with 97. They're going to have a 100 point season and and have clinched a wild card spot. Um, they could they could end up taking a division spot, but they're at least a wild card spot. Then there's Buffalo, the fifth place team in the division now, having overtaken the Red Wings. They're at 69 points. There is a 30-point difference between fourth, third, fourth and fifth place in this division. And so when you, pu- when you put it in that frame, is any incremental changes you make to the roster, unless you go out there and make a big splash in free agency or trade value and trade market, going to be enough to propel you into competition with those four teams between this offseason and next offseason? I don't think there is. So... When you look at it that way, and I know I'm backpedaling on some of the things I've said earlier this season, but the, the, this last two months have really changed my tune. You know, I said it earlier in the episode. I've gone from thinking that this is just a cold streak to being this team is worn out. And again, there are rookies and they're not used to the schedule. And you got Tyler Bertuzzi, a new dad, so I'm sure he's not getting a whole lot of sleep out there. But in the end, this team has their competitiveness has fallen off. And so is incremental improvements you make in this offseason going to be enough to propel you into that top four in your division? I don't think it is. So I do think that maybe next year as well, I don't want to advocate tanking. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stop myself before no, saying that, fine. but I would it's- understand if next year you try and fit yourself in that top or bottom 10, I guess, in the league. Sure. And, and that's all fine. My, my, my point is just that with, what what percent chance do we have right now if the season ends? Five point eight percent chance. And again, this argument does shift if they do jump up into the top three. Now, I won't even sure. say top one. If they jump up into the top three, that fast forwards a rebuild. And I would argue that their rebuild has been slowed down by the fact that they've fallen in every draft. Now, sure, I'm very I, happy I, with the I draft picks they've very gotten. I agree with that. I think Steve Arvin's done a great job, and he might have taken he might have taken Lucas Raymond at two or three. I think at one, you take Lafreniere, no matter who you are. Um, at that, at that time, not, you know, what we know now, not withholding, but I think that if you do take, if you do manage to get a top three pick, that might change that tune for next season. Sure. Sure. And I completely agree with everything, everything you just said there. My point is just that we are, we have the eighth right now, best odds in the draft today. Even if the season ends today and we lock up eight, we have the eighth best odds. Not even looking at our division, just looking at the the entire landscape of of the lottery teams. In the next two off-seasons now, you do not plan to be... Like, again, it would just take a, a remarkable lack of a step forward from Raymond and Sider and and... Larkin, I don't know if we're really expecting too many more steps forward at this point. I mean, he's they're kind he's of in their prime, you know. Right, he's about a point a game player now, but it would take him going re- regressing a little bit. It would take no improvement from Maritz Sider or Raymond, which I don't think anybody f- feels as a, as a actual thing that can happen. It would take a, a well, 
I guess maybe maybe it would take no step forward from net. It would take the same amount of production, and it would take you bringing in no one defensively. Uh, it, it would take no none of your defensive prospects coming up and being productive between now and that draft. Like I, I, I just. I making the playoffs. Sure. Like that's if, if, if you think we're still a few years away from making the postseason because our division's hard, that's fine. And, and I, I don't think that's that hot of a take. I think you're, you're, we are in a very difficult division, but it looking in draft position, I don't think you can possibly plan to be in a, a position where you have a legitimate shot at one, one in, in that draft. I don't think that's even remote. Like you're going to get better, whether you like it or not, unless, <laughs> right. unless you move, unless you move all of your top rookies, like you, you, there's no, it's impossible to stop it at this point. You have two incredible young talents in your hands that are paired with a bunch of other young mid twenties or younger talent on your team. Like, I, I just don't think that that's, that's feasible to, to to plan for that at this point. And I agree with you. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying definitively. I, I'm really just speaking off my feelings right now, really. I mean, because I'm not one of those guys who will go on the air or record an episode and give, this is my definitive take on how I feel. Earlier in the season, like I said, I was all for make a splash this offseason, make this team better. Now with new evidence, you know, I, I'm, I'm backing down on that. And that's okay. You know, this is just, I, I recognize the options. And I think what you said is very valid. Because I do think that it's going to be really hard, especially because these players are going to take a step forward. And your team this offseason is going to get better, especially if Simon Edmondson arrives next season. If William Wallander is, uh, arrives. If Pontus Andresen is going to arrive next season. I'm still hoping that's the right pronunciation on his name. Not completely sure still. I haven't heard anyone say it yet, but this team will continue to get better. And you don't want to be one of those teams that just middles because you don't want to make the playoffs yet, or you're not good enough to make the playoffs, but you're not bad enough. So at some point you do have to make that decision to, okay, this is our core. We have to move forward because you don't want to just tear it all back down again. Cause well, the core is not good enough. Right. And but, I, I, I would argue that by not improving at all between now and that draft, you would be middling. Because yeah. you're going to lose out on the free agents that are only available for that, that, um, that off season and that free agency period, and and you're gonna, you're you're gonna plan to try to get one one, and you're gonna get like the twelfth pick. Yeah, and you're gonna be like, okay, well, now what? It's, we it's... we just missed out on on one possibly two free agency periods because we were planning for this draft, and now we're heading into year whatever three four. Of of Cider and Raymond, and we've given them no help their entire career. And Raymond and Larkin is now thirty. Like yeah. I, I just I I I think the the time we talked about like the Pudge Rodriguez esque signings or whatnot. Like I I think I I think you, the the time is now, and I'm not saying playoffs next season necessarily today because it's but hard to say that after the last two months. But I think you go in and you get. You get help to take a step forward. Maybe you still have the 10th, 11th pick next season. And then the year after that, you take your big jump. I, I, I just, I don't know. I keep thinking to myself, okay, so it's time we got to wrap it up or, or we're hitting our timeline. But then you say something and I'm like, yes, that. 
And I think, and first of all, I want to say, I think there's definitely validity in both of our sides of the argument. And I think that where this team is at is a tough, is it's a tough, it's, it's a tough, turning it's, point. Yeah, it's a it's tough a decision. A, a subjective philosophy. Yes. It's just a matter of which one of the, which subjective philosophy Steve has. And you know, our boy Jake Rivard was on this months ago with his article about the three different right. uh, directions to go, because it is tough. You know, you could go different routes, but I do agree with your sentiment that, you know, even if you want the team to not be a playoff team next year, there are ways you can still make the team better for the future this year and still not make a playoff team. You know, you've used that pleasure analogy before, and that's why I keep going back to John Klingberg. He's going right. to be a free agent this offseason with Dallas Stars. He's in his early 30s. He's in the prime of his career. He's a defenseman who you can bring in, immediately make a positive impact on that depleted defensive core. He's not going to be a game changer to the degree that you're going to make it become a playoff team. But he is going to provide a, a veteran presence that can also perform on the ice as a leader. So that's that. that I, I think that there is a way to do a little bit of both. Have your cake and eat it too, but not also you know screw yourself out of a potential lottery pick. But again, guys, I guess I guess I'm going to throw it out to the people. What do you want to see the Red Wings do here? Because it is they're in a really interesting position where they're in the mix for a lottery pick, but they don't have great odds next year in this off season, rather, what do you want to see them do? Do you want to see them buy in and try and become a competitive playoff team? Or do you want to see them, you know, continue to basically make maybe a small step forward and hope for another lottery pick next year to maybe get Connor Bedard who can really make a difference, but it would take another year of slogging. I want to know what you guys think, because honestly I'm torn. I'll be honest with you guys. I am really torn on how I want to handle this because I see validity to both sides. Everything Scotty says, I think is completely true. But when I'm talking about like, I don't think this team's ready for that and division's tough. I mean, I can see also the validity in maybe waiting another year. So it, it's a tough decision to make. And I know I also promised we were going to talk about the SHL rookie of the year candidates. Come back um, tomorrow. But we ran out of time <laughs> and, um, you know, that plays a role, too. I mean, you got Simon Edmondson and Pontus Andresen. Spoiler alert, they're two of the three Rookie of the Year nominate, uh, nominations for in the SHL. Um, we're going to talk about them tomorrow. And if they make the jump next year, that's going to be another thing that could take a huge uh, impact on this team. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Scotty, any final thoughts? Um, I don't think so, man. We ball. That was a great conversation, I just want to say. It that, was. No, that, that, and that was free. like, we did not we Brian and I do a lot of like planning what we're going to talk about and not, not like script, but like planning the, the conversation topic to at least start when, you know what I mean? When we're going into every episode and, and we try to have like, okay, we're going to recap this game. We're going to recap this game. We'll preview whatever. And this was definitely not on the docket. It was, so it was a nice little yeah. organic conversation that, that kind of, I had like 10 tabs open. I had evolving hockey, natural statric and like ESPN and hockey reference. We were going to talk about dump, bunch of different stuff deep dive these breakdowns and we were just like defense bad snowballed from there i mean yeah good episode i, I pat ourselves on the back yes now absolutely. people think we're obnoxious um but they already knew that and they listen to us anyways because we love you guys you guys are all awesome uh thanks for making lockdown red wings your first listen every day now make your second listen fantasy lockdown fantasy hockey host steel Roden and flip livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I do hope that they refuel them, refute, good Lord, refer to themselves as steel in the stone because that would be sick. That would be hard. I, I hope they do that. I, I like that. Steel in the stone. Um, 
Anyways, we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to talk about those SHL prospects as well. Do a little bit of the game preview for you. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.